0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hearts will play in the Championship next season After they and Partick Thistle lost their arbitration against the SPFL Alfredo Morelos' Rangers future looks uncertain With a move to Lille potentially on the cards And Neil Lennon praises Lee Griffith's fitness improvement As Celtic look to be closing in on a Greek goalkeeper I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Well with regard to the SFA arbitration panel If there was wrongdoing on the part of the SPFL where the calling of the leagues was concerned Or corruption as the more excitable call it You might just think that a combination of QCs A senator of the College of Justice As well as experienced sheriffs Might just have stumbled upon it After all the law is their calling And the upholding of the law is their solemn purpose It's a sad day for Hearts and Partick Thistle But was there a stitch up by the SPFL? The jury says not guilty I'm sure we'll get to that Alex Ray But you would be forgiven for forgetting We are fast approaching the start of a new season And I know it's a bit different I know it's a bit weird I know we can't get along and watch our teams And things have been strange But surely we can get excited about the football coming back Gordon, it's great to be back You know, as as Hugh says Legal action's finally over Hearts and Thistle relegated They've exhausted every option Real excitement about the upcoming football In a couple of days' time Speculation about players coming and going Over the course of the next few days as well I can't wait Regular listeners to the show Hugh Will know fine well I've been on my um, What's usually warm weather training camp It wasn't so warm this year It was just sitting in the house Listening to you lot And wondering what you've been up to I did Um, ask Alec when you came in Who you were I've Um, been I I was tempted to ask what I've missed But when I look at the headline news Regarding Harps and Partick Thistle It feels like I've never been away Well sadly You know the, the, The new season kicks off As the old one ended With discord Disharmony Legal arguments But I have to go back to the point That When You have your day in court That's only right And Hearts and Partick Thistle Had their day in court But when Independent arbitration Decides That The SPFL Did nothing wrong In the way In which they called the league Then At which point Do you say Justice has been served Hands up Right, it has been a while So I can't promise I'll remember which buttons to press I do remember the phone number though 0141-951-1025 We want to hear from you Give us all your thoughts, all your reaction To today's news regarding Hearts, Partick Thistle and the SPFL Alfredo Morelos' future Neil Lennon and Celtic adding their final touches To pre-season preparations with a game at Celtic Park today Let's do it all 0141-951-1025 and on Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. Only one place to start today, though, Hugh. And if anyone is just joining us and they haven't quite been across the story today, Hearts and Partick Thistle are relegated. They will play in lower divisions next season after failing to overturn the relegations and failing to secure any compensation as well, oh. which is an important factor. That does, of course, mean Dundee United, Wraith Rovers, and Cove Rangers promotions will stand. This is after an arbitration panel back to the SPFL in its handling of the now infamous vote to curtail the season. Well, over the course of the summer months, Gordon, uh, when I was in the man cave instead of the studio, every night seemed to be taken up with fresh accusations made against the SPFL. There were uh, rumours of a, a dossier which would upturn evidence of wrongdoing, etc., etc., etc. However, we've arrived at this stage today 
where Murdoch McLennan at the SPFL can say that, and I quote, throughout the process and whilst under the most severe pressure, criticism and media scrutiny, the SPFL has followed appropriate legal advice and acted in accordance with the best interests of the SPFL as a whole at all times. Are we willing to let the matter drop now and, as you say, get on with the excitement of what will be a stupendous season? Or are we actually saying now that the law is guilty of something? Well, you tell us. 0141-951-1025. Hearts fans, Partick Thistle fans, this is not exclusive to you because I know everyone involved in Scottish football has an opinion on this one. 0141-951-1025. What do you make of that verdict? Is that it? Do we take it in the chin and move on? Or are there still cuts that are going to take a while to heal as far as you're concerned? Let us know. Alex, um, I will briefly... Yes. And that's the key word Remind you of how we got here I think everyone knows by now Don't we But just a, a very very quick timeline um, Clubs voted in mid-April Seems like a yes. while ago To end the lower league seasons Award final placings On a points per game basis The clubs then failed to back Reconstruction proposals That could have saved Hearts and Partick The pair then took their case To the court of session But Lord Clark ruled It should be heard by the Scottish FA's arbitration process That's what happened And today it's ended in defeat For Hearts and Thistle And essentially victory for the SPFL I've missed out one or two details But that's it That's the crux of it really Gordon And I think it's time to move on I think we've exhausted this For weeks on end You know I, I was championing You know Getting some sort of, If they weren't going to overturn the, the decision to relegate them I thought at least Recompense them Give them some money To help uh, this cause Because they have been Burdened Especially Partick Thistle There's no two ways about it You know To have a game in hand uh, And to go down in the manner That it did Just mm. still doesn't sit Quite right with me Yeah that's the thing Hugh It's always important to Realise that there are a few different strands to this argument I think most people on a sporting basis Based on what we consider sport And and the meritocracy that is sport You you have to feel sorry for Hearts and Partick Thistle They didn't get to finish the season They didn't get to try and keep themselves up Particularly Partick Thistle You know, we all know the situation with the the points gap and and whatnot at the bottom Um, But that's not really what this arbitration panel was about It wasn't about deciding whether it was the right or the wrong decision That That's up to you, it's up to Alex It's up to the callers to have their own opinion This was about finding out if things were handled in a a manner that, that was not befitting the process And whether the decision should be reversed or, or whether compensation should be due Well, the court of session in Edinburgh decided it was not their business It was the business of football itself in the form of the SFA arbitration panel That process involves QCs, as I said, and uh, also a senator of the College of Justice. I didn't even know what that was until an hour ago, Alec. Uh, And uh, two experienced sheriffs into the bargain. So it has been scrutinised in minute legal detail. And the SPFL have been found that they followed every legal procedure available to them, took legal advice responded to it and acted in the best interest of the SPFL. As I say, for Hearts to go down from the Major League to have a claim for £8 million worth of compensation thrown out, it's a sorry day for them as well as Partick Thistle. But in legal terms, nothing wrong 
Has taken place Let's get stuck in 0141-951-1025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB You've heard briefly The views of Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray We'll get you some legal opinion In the not too distant future And plenty more to come Alfredo Morelos And Neil Lennon Just a couple of the talking points Between now and 8 o'clock All your usual favourites Speak the pundit Full time teaser They'll be back as well But let's get straight to the phones 0141-951-1025 Ross is in East Kilbride Hi Ross Hi there um, obviously I'm a Hearts fan So um, I'm disappointed with the result today I'm not surprised by the result um, I'm surprised at the compensation part Like you even says as well um, I'm very disappointed in the way that um, it's all come about um, I'm obviously obviously from watching the Premiership And the Championship over, uh, in England over the last week And watching all those teams that managed to get themselves out of relegation without a crowd behind them, without the distraction of that behind them, um, to actually go and play football and actually win what they should have, uh, what, what they've won to keep themselves in, in a division, is what Hearts, Patrick Thistle and Stranraer have all been denied. The other thing is that Breaking City were bottom of the um, the fourth, uh, the third division as well, so I mean, why are they exempt from it as well? That, that was a bit of a joke. Um, it's all a bit of a mess, and to be honest, um, I've not, I've not, I kind of fell out of the SFA a long time ago, and um, when we got the SFA charge, and um, just before the arbitration thing came through as well, I think that was a disgrace in the way that was handled at the time as well. If you announce that afterwards, after today, then fine, um, but to announce it before it and to say that you're going to do it and then give them such a short space of time to actually get um, their evidence in as well to do that, whilst there's already something else going on in, in the process. It's just all a bit of a joke. It really is. Um, I'll be honest with you, as a Hearts fan, I will only go to Tynecastle now and possibly Inverness because they're the only, they're the only team that we know that did actually back us. Um, I would... I've seen on Twitter and I've seen on social media a lot of Hearts fans are talking about doing the same and they're not going to go to any of these clubs because of what's happened. And I'm quite, uh, I think they're quite right to do that as well, to hit them in the pocket and hit them where it hurts. The SFA, Hamden, there's a big game coming up in what November between Hearts and Hibs. You expect, you expect if you expect 25,000 Hearts fans to be going through to be supporting the SFA at £30 a ticket, it might not happen at all. I would I would be surprised if many Hearts fans would just go, no. Well, first of all, Ross, let me say that the loss of Hearts from the Major League is a sore one because they do have a fantastic supporter base. They do have a terrific ground there at Tynecastle. The problem for them, as you will well know, Ross, they won only four games. And uh, they contributed to their own downfall uh, I never like the sound of boycotts Because ultimately you're harming your own team You know, our, our heart's supposed to go everywhere in future now uh, And with the exception of Inverness They don't have any fans I don't think that will happen And I think it would, you know, it would be negative In terms of the team that you support To indulge in boycotts But I do believe that hearts are a big loss the problem was they contributed to their own downfall and the matter has been exhausted, Ross, in legal terms and no wrongdoing has been found. The SPFL followed legal advice 
And we have ended up where we are today On the say-so of an independent And I underline the word independent arbitration panel Involving QC sheriffs And the man from the Court of Justice yeah, I understand Ross's frustration there, Gordon, and I take his point on board in terms of the SFA charge at the timing of it. You know, if they waited until the SPFL uh, arbitrary uh, kind of process had been uh, complete, then it may well have hit them with that that charge. So, I think the time of it could have been done better. I understand. I don't quite. Uh, I understand also in terms of the way fans within the league, um, but I do not see the Hearts fans not coming to. Glasgow to Hamden to support their team against their biggest rivals I just don't see it happening and I don't think they should do either because I think they have to support Robbie and what they're trying to do and try and get back out try and get to a cup final so you know are they going to boycott the cup final if they get to the cup final as well you know it's it's I understand uh, emotions are running high at the moment. Ross so the scattergun obviously comes out about you know you mentioned sort of SFA, SPFL, other clubs where is the majority of your anger directed Because if you go through this You know the SPFL um, Came in for a lot of criticism That of course is made up of the clubs You've then got the executive Neil Doncaster The other clubs Voted for this To begin with And they then did not vote For reconstruction Which would have saved hearts Is it is it the other clubs That are at the forefront of your anger? Basically it's the other clubs really um, You're talking about the SPFL Neil Doncaster What happened with the Dundee vote as well There's a lot of controversy about the Dundee vote as well. That we'll, we'll that never, came Ross, Ross will never get to find that out because of the confidentiality nah, well, no, exactly. of this. this but, but, but in fairness, it's been looked at forensically Yeah, it has been looked at. And uh, the uh, SPFL had to hand over all the relevant documentation, all the records, all the emails, all the telephone logs. So, Ross, this matter has been investigated, uh, including the infamous Dundee vote, and no one's coming up with any allegation of wrongdoing. You kind of knew this would happen this weekend when the English season came to a conclusion. Ross speaks on behalf of loads of fans, I'd imagine, because you're sitting there watching it and thinking, that that could have been us. And loads of teams who were in a good place prior to lockdown fell away, and teams who were in a poor position recovered, and and Aston Villa being the obvious example, they stayed up. However, let's bear in mind, those are still... Two slightly different arguments I don't think Any of the SPFL Well I don't know for sure But I can't imagine This proposal Was was drawn up In the first place Because no one thought Positions could change Everyone knows Positions could have changed Partick Thistle Was at one point adrift One point with a game in hand Everybody knows That that positions could change I don't think That's really what was For me It was the alternative Or or lack of In some people's minds I go back to it For me There was not And time has shown This to be the case there was not sufficient time to get players fit, to undergo the, the COVID tests uh, and to play out the remainder of the season before starting the new contract with Sky. And in terms of, even if they had had the time, uh, look at Leicester City as an example. They were riding high. The Champions League was within their sights and they played it out and they collapsed. Thank you very much Ross in East Kilbride Kicking us off tonight 01419511025 Jim is a Rangers fan In Kilmarnock What do you think Of today's decision Jim? I think It's A bit very harsh I don't think Any games of football Should be decided But Hugh Keating Seems to think this So here's just Chicken chucking away With you about this That you're going on About QCs Lawyers This that And the next thing Football shouldn't be judged On there Bear a thought For these people Hugh That's the non-football And staff 
that's probably struggling financially. It worked for Hearts Party, Thistle, Falkirk, that they're maybe getting mortgages, bills to pay, and they're sitting terrified, maybe going to lose their jobs. These people are getting made redundant. They might lose their house. They might lose their car. Um, people like that that shouldn't have to be uh, living that, that, that kind of thing because it's been decided in a court of law. The reason this hasn't been happening to players because the SFE were in the Russian march to close this season and make a decision on it. Well, they, the for, just just for accuracy, Jim, before SPFL. we go any further, remember it's the SPFL. I know the scattered gun comes out, but the SFA had very little to do with it. Well, anyway, Scottish football, anyway. It's still had, important um, to get, the, to get it right. They were a massive rush to get this finished. The party, Hearts had a bad season, albeit. But look at uh, Nottingham Forest, for example. If they had finished the season and never played any more games, they would have been in the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Leicester City the same. Man United would have been in the Europa League. So all this has changed. It's a party official to get relegated to a game and to be one point behind. There's no way in this world that is fair. It shouldn't be decided in a court of law. Games of football, we've had plenty of time. These games could have been played. There's a lot of other leagues playing these games. It's not as well, a, Listen, yeah. I, I, I dispute that there was time to have the games played. However, let me deal with you. Let me deal with your first point, Jim, uh, where I do not care about the lives of people who might lose their jobs. I've said in this programme before that in another life, I used to work in an unemployment benefit office and I fully understand the the horror that unemployment can bring and the devastation it can bring to families. I am sympathetic to every single person who will or has already lost a job because of what has taken place. However, I am going back to the basic point you are arguing against the law here that football has its way and the court of session decided that football had to use its way of dealing with these matters. It has an arbitration panel. Everything was dissected in minute detail and they have come up with no evidence at all of any wrongdoing. Yeah, although to be fair to Jim, you still don't have to agree with it. You know, you can you can still think it was it was the wrong outcome. It was it was the wrong way, yeah. and the the beauty, if you can call it that, of this debate about should we have curtailed the season or should we not, is no one really knows whether we could have finished the season. It's it's easy or it's convenient to look at other leagues and say they did, well, it, yeah. they did it, we didn't. But then there's also an element of comparing apples and oranges well, when you do we, that. We we weren't allowed contact training, if my memory serves me correctly. Three, three weeks ago, yeah, yeah. So no contact training until. Uh, June 29 We only just got the green light For yeah. for August the 1st So, so it, it would have been a challenge But again I don't think anyone knows for sure Hindsight's a wonderful thing Well uh, My personal view is There was not time uh, However We have arrived at Where we are today After every Shred of evidence Was examined by People whose job Is to detect Wrongdoing And no wrongdoing has been detected. I think that perhaps people are misinterpreting what Neil Doncaster said when he said, I'm absolutely delighted that our approach has been vindicated throughout following an intense period of legal scrutiny and review. I don't think he's delighted that Hearts and Partick Thistle have suffered. Of course he's not delighted by that, but he's delighted that his organisation have been shown not to have done anything wrong. Final word to you, Jim. Yeah, Hugh, you keep talking about Neil Doncaster and this court thing and all this. Um, why did Neil Doncaster not allow an independent investigation? Why was he struggling about to get that? Did not want that done? Are you following this? The SFA Independent Arbitration Panel QC Sheriff's the lot. They have investigated. 
They are independent They have come to the conclusion That nothing untoward has taken place 01419511025 More of your calls will get you some legal insight as well After we get the travel with Stephen You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 If you want to react To today's big news Hearts and Partick Thistle And of course Stranraer Will be relegated Those relegations will stand Dundee United, Wraith Rovers and Cove Will be promoted in the other direction After the Scottish FA's arbitration process Ruled in favour uh, of the SPFL um, As Hearts and Thistle Of course looking to Overturn their relegations They've failed in that attempt And Safe to say Hugh It's got people going uh, On social media We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB As always Alfie West says It's a joke to say The SPFL never had time To finish the league It's nonsense The virus in England Is worse They can finish their leagues We should have seen it out easily um, But 007 Presumably not uh, the double seven. Uh, on to say <laughs> UEFA required the leagues being played to finish by the third of August. The first of August is the earliest the Scottish government allowed the SPFL to restart. Was therefore impossible to play eight games in two days. Yeah. Any hope you had of these arguments having a line drawn under them after the decision today? Out the window by 20 past six. Well, ask yourself when does uh, the English Premier League resume their new season? You know, so it's in late September. Uh, therefore, we had a contract with Sky that uh, kicks in on the 1st of August. Uh, so th- there wasn't time. But I do accept, Gordon, that these wounds, and Patrick Thistle have, in their statement today, asked their supporters not to forget, never forget what took place today and uh, how other clubs have done for them, if you like, from their perspective. Uh, these wounds will take a long, long time Time to heal If ever This may surprise you But Hugh Keevans Is not a legal expert Alex Ray Similarly Is not a legal expert I know <laughs> I know this comes as a great shock to you all At this time on a Monday evening uh, But we are joined by one On the line Who can hopefully clear some of this up for us Or give us a bit of an insight Paul Deans Is a lawyer at Thompson Solicitors And he joins us now Paul how are you? Thanks for joining us Good evening Thanks for having me on uh, Paul this won't be your usual Monday evening uh, job I can't imagine But to everyone who's Perhaps a little bit confused Or not sure exactly As to what's going on Or how we got there Kick us off by Explaining the process A little bit In, in layman's terms If you like how, how did we get here How did we we Get to where we're at today Sure So I mean effectively By by being a, a club Playing in the SPFL You agree to To be bound by the rules Of the SPFL and these are these are in what are called articles of association. And effectively, what's happened is that, that they sit there and govern how any disputes need to be resolved. So when this matter went to the court of session, uh, the, the judge, Lord Clark, said, look, effectively, I don't have the power uh, to adjudicate on this. Your own rules tell you what you need to do in this, and that is to take the matter to arbitration. Yeah, so in terms of, of arbitration itself, then what does that look like in terms of who reaches this decision? Because we've already had some fans, and not all, by the way, but, but some on Twitter are on the phone saying, you know, I can't believe the SPFL have done this, or I can't believe the, the Scottish FAE have done this. But, but what what is the arbitration process and, and how independent is it? Sure, OK. So, so I mean, the, the, the first thing to, to make clear is that the, the two uh, parties in the dispute, they actually have a say in who sits on the arbitration panel. So the SFA are required by their own laws to maintain what's called 
uh, a tribunal candidate list. And that's effectively a, a list of individuals who will adjudicate where a dispute arises. That list gets passed to the, the, the two sides in this dispute and they get to select from that list and they select one each. So Dundee United, Wraith Rovers, uh, Cove and the SBFL on one side, they would have picked one name from that list. Another side, Hearts and Partick Thistle, they'd have picked one person from that list. Those two individuals, they then pick a third individual and that third individual will be legally qualified, could be a, a lawyer, could be an advocate, could be a judge, and the three of them will form the arbitration panel. Yeah, a lot of the intrigue around this, Paul, as I'm sure you will know, is, is around that vote, um, cast or not cast, by Dundee uh, way back on, I think it was Good Friday, wasn't it, Hugh? Um, we're going back a couple of months. If I remember rightly, Paul, Lord Clark, when this went to the court of session, ruled that all the relevant documentation and phone records and emails, everything that goes around that vote had to be made accessible to the arbitration panel. Now, although the although the, the outcome, if you like, is known, the details, I believe, will remain confidential. But, but given the outcome today, can we then take from that, can we assume that the SPFL have been vindicated in their handling of the Dundee vote? Well, I, I think what, what I would say is that uh, Lord Clark did give an order uh, that uh, all of this information had to be turned over. So what that means is that the representatives of, of Hearts and Partick Thistle, they would have had that opportunity to, to challenge uh, the, the issue over the, the Dundee vote or, or non-vote. So all of that will have gone in front of the independent panel. So in, in terms of having the opportunity to, to say their piece and put forward any legal arguments uh, on that, they absolutely will have had that opportunity. It's then up to you know the three uh, members of the, the arbitration panel uh, to listen to all of the evidence put forward, and they have very wide powers to decide um, you know how that's done, whether it's you know verbal or written submissions or or hearing from witnesses or looking through the actual documentation. But but absolutely the the, the issue over the the Dundee vote, you know, almost will have been dealt with in this arbitration. What about? What comes next then Paul Is this the end of the road Are there any other avenues Which can be taken by Hearts and Partick Thistle Yeah I, th I think I'm sort of struggling To see a, an alternative route For them now Because the, the articles of association So the rules of the SAFA They explicitly um, provide That where there's a football dispute And this was determined To be a football dispute um, where that's decided under the arbitration procedure, that shall be final and shall be binding on the parties. And it, it even goes further to say that the parties, uh, you know, to the arbitration, they agree that, that they, they give up their rights to any appeal. So given that this is an association that sets its own rules, it appears from the rules that they published that this is the end of the road. And... Um... That is that, Hugh. I mean, te technically, legally, Paul's telling us it, it looks like it's the end of the road. That's not to say that you know fans won't still feel extremely strongly about this for a long sure. time to come. But in, in terms of where we go in a footballing sense, it looks very much like Hearts play in the Championship next season, Thistle play in League One, uh, and Stranraer play in League Two. As unfair as many people well, think that is, that's that's now the legal outcome. I think in your introduction to Paul, you said I was not a legal expert. You're not, You're not a legal expert. Alec Ray's not a legal expert, and fans are not legal experts. But the clubs have submitted 
the evidence As Paul said The clubs who were contesting this decision Got to pick their QC The clubs who were defending the SPFL's decision Got to pick their QC uh, And the legal outcome of this Is that Hearts are relegated Along with Partick, Thistle and Rar. So We are not legal experts And that includes the fans But the legal experts themselves Have arrived at this decision Just finally Paul In the joint statement issued by Hearts and Partick Thistle The opening line says As all parties have been requested Not to comment on the tribunal's decision Or reveal details of the hearings On the grounds of confidentiality All we can only say is how disappointed And surprised we are at the outcome Now we're we're just suspicious of pretty much everything in Scottish football, Paul. So for people who hear that fact that you know confidentiality means no reaction from from Hearts or Partick Thistle in the detail, is that fairly commonplace with with private arbitra- arbitrations that they remain private? I, I mean, again, it's, it's for the, the association to set its own rules, and that that obviously was entered into by uh, the opposing parties here. So they went into that knowing that uh, that, that they wouldn't be commenting on the outcome, and that you know the the details of who was on that panel and exactly what was discussed would remain confidential. Great stuff. That was Paul Dean's lawyer at Thompson Solicitors trying to shine a bit of a light on some of the murky details of, of what goes on in our game. Stuff well beyond our reach at times, uh, but hopefully Paul's given us a bit of an insight. Thanks again to Paul. It's 01419511025 for you to join in. David's in Edinburgh. How are you feeling after the verdict today, David? Yeah, uh, myself and my twin brother have been on a couple of times over the last uh, three or four weeks. Uh, I, I just feel... Uh, Really disappointed. Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple of points I, I would I would like to make. You know, for Neil Doncaster to go into print saying he was absolutely delighted and vindicated when two of his member clubs have have suffered in the way they have in a in a very unfair and unjust process. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like to ask Hugh Kevins. You know, uh, he, he's talked about how these legal people have come to their decision around arbitration. Uh, and they must be believed and all the rest of it. They've just arbitrated on the rules of the SPFL. I'd like to ask him what he felt, you know, what he thought last week watching uh, PC Harper's widow on TV, thinking she got a fair justice out of the trial oh, in London. I, I really, uh, I really do think that you let yourself down there dramatically by bringing in a tragedy involving PC Harper and his wife of four weeks. You really let yourself down by. Comparing that to a football matter I'll try to forget you said that And I'll ask you a question on the the rebound What was unjust about a decision Taken by the best legal minds? Well well, the fact that um, Thistle were asked um, By the SPFL to postpone a game To to, to play a cup replay uh, Had they uh, and, and, And therefore that game didn't take place so they only they played one game less. Had they won that game in hand, they would not be relegated. If you take the average of the twenty nine games that they played, they would not be relegated. And I think that is unfair and unjust. The clubs submit themselves to a process. Which Again, let me let me just interject quickly, Hugh, because I do feel like we're doing what we we came across a bit earlier on. We're confusing two different things here. The decision to relegate Hearts and Partick Thistle can still be unjust. David thinks that bit is unjust. Not necessarily today's decision, decision to uphold yeah. the process. Those are two separate things for 
for everyone's Clarity, benefit. Yeah. Let's be clear about that because you can still yeah. accept today's legal ruling and say, okay, it's been handled in a relatively but you don't agree f- with fair the manner. But I, I don't, I don't agree. You, can, you know, you can you can argue till you're blue in the face and yep. still say I don't agree that thistle and hearts went down. Yeah. In fairness, though, if we're going to bring fixtures into it, as David quite rightly mentions, you know, with hearts, uh, Partick Thistle, yep. sorry, having played a game less. No one saw the pandemic coming To be fair yeah. You know It's not like yeah. we knew What was around the corner With regards but, but to that specifically I, I think um, David You know Highlights the the, the the way that Feelings are running high here By sadly Bringing up uh, Another case Involving a, a Policeman who was Killed I'll give David The benefit of the doubt I assume he wants to Underline the fact That injustices Can still happen I assume well, that's, you know, the, that's the, it The bottom line for me With regard to this Particular matter Just because You don't like the outcome It doesn't mean That the outcome Was wrong Yeah Alex I mean The club's reacting And a lot's been made of Neil Doncaster Murdoch McLennan The SPFL's language Throughout this That was one of the problems Initially if you remember Way back and statement Absolutely, statement yeah. number seven of five thousand that we got over the summer, um, they were criticised for congratulating Dundee United and the likes for being promoted, and not offering their condolences Sympathies, if you like. Yeah, um, down, yep. And again, in fairness, I think retrospectively, Neil Doncaster said maybe that, made a mistake that, that yeah. could have been handled differently. And now today, uh, fans like David are are annoyed because he's what was the word delighted, vindicated. delighted, yeah. and vindicated. And again, as always, two ways of looking at it. You can see where Hearts and Thistle fans are coming from And saying Should they really be using language like that But also this is a guy who's had All sorts of, all them, sorts yeah. of criticism Allegations And and the rest So you can, you can yeah. kind of see both sides surely it, it, But the decision actually vindicates him Gordon in terms of the legal process yeah. the, the, the the languages in which he is using Gordon On the back of that kind of Obviously will rail some people Uh I'm just, uh, it's interesting because when you, we, we, I think you touched on it a couple of minutes ago when he says uh, the the fallout from all this will be long lasting. Oh. This will be on for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad blood out there, Hugh. The yeah. handling of the whole thing, the Dundee vote, you know, the to and fro and the, the statements and things. If this is all nice and nice and they've been vindicated, then, no, for me, I think there's a lot of things they could reflect on and, it, and could be done a little bit better. I'm not sure anyone would deny that, would they, Hugh? Because this is not to say that everything is perfect, and, and not, you know, but this is just about. Um, it's not just fans, Gordon, who will carry the memory of this day for a long time to come. You'll find that in boardrooms up and down the country, yep. in the season to come, and in seasons to come, you'll find uh, boardrooms being boycotted by. Uh, people people yep. who don't like uh, the way that a certain club or certain clubs, plural, reacted. So this will go on, and as I say, the wounds may never heal. Yeah, well, you can see that in part like Thistle's statement today. I ask everyone associated with Thistle to never forget today, never forget how it feels to be relegated unfairly, to never forget there are many good, decent people in clubs in Scotland who stood with us publicly and privately, but there are some whose fear and self-interest Got in the way of doing the right thing That's a statement from Partick Thistle Thank you David who is a Thistle fan From Edinburgh Let's talk Alfredo Morelos What does the future hold for him? You tell us 01419511025 Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Oh one four one nine five one one zero
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Kevens and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lots of reaction coming into that arbitration decision today, which confirms that Hearts and Partick Thistle and Stranraer will be relegated and will play in lower divisions next season. We're going to move on and talk about Alfredo Morelos. Don't worry if you feel you haven't had your chance. This has been rumbling on for four months now, so I'm pretty sure you'll get another chance to have your say. But Alfredo Morelos, Alex Ray, once again at the centre of a transfer story linking him with a move away from Ibrox. This time it's Lille, who are the interested party with reports coming from France over the weekend. Suggesting that the player had agreed personal terms But no fee had been agreed A bit back to front from what we're used to Um, Now we understand the bid has been submitted But it's nowhere near what Rangers value the player at Rumoured to be around about £13 million Speculation surrounding Alfredo Morelos is nothing new But does does this feel different this time around for you? Yeah it does Gordon I think the fact that they reportedly bid €14 million You said £13 million uh, three or four weeks ago uh, which was uh, not backed by Rangers So um, they know of the interest of Leo. Uh, the timing of it's not ideal Due to the, the season starting in a few days uh, And But the one thing that Rangers do have in their favour Gordon is they've got a director of football in there They have a, a recruitment uh, department now That's been up and running for a couple of years now There's no excuses to have ready-made people To hit the button ready to go And I would be surprised if they didn't have a striker Already lined up before the speculation because they, I think Stephen Gerrard's on record as saying that they needed a third striker before Defoe uh, pulled his hamstring last week against Motherwell. I mean, Hugh, he, he might stay. And at the moment, it looks like the clubs are some way apart in their valuation. So, you know, we've not got him on a flight. It's just there's a lot of speculation this weekend. It started in France, actually. Um, what's your gut telling you? You've seen many of these. I think he'll go. Um, I think it would be in Rangers' best interest for this to be cleared up quickly. Because as we all know He has a fragile temperament Alfredo Morelos um, If he feels that the, de- the, the deal is in jeopardy uh, It will go to the back of his mind And it, it will trouble him uh, At Pataudry on Saturday um, So I think it would be In Stephen Gerrard's best interest And Alfredo Morelos uh, That this is uh, concluded quickly And I agree with Alec I'm quite sure Buttons A, B and C will be pressed As soon as the, the, the cheque is cashed at the bank Yeah let's get the view from some Rangers fans then 0141 William is first up He's in Stevenson What have you made of it over the weekend William? Yeah hello Gordon, Hugh and Alec Hi, Hi. William Right, uh, Well what I make it is right For the last uh, say five, six I know we've been at this lockdown and all right But before that Gordon, I don't think his head's been at it. You can tell, even on Saturday when he was coming off the field, his head's elsewhere. It's a fact, right? And I think, if we get this transfer money, they could tip the scales in Rangers' favour, because it can only benefit us, because as uh, Alex says and Hugh says, Ross Wilson's not a stupid man. He must have replacements ready to go, right? They were fairly strong in defence, were very strong in the midfield, in my opinion. Where they're weak to do is up front. If we get the money, and I don't care what any media man says or any Celtic man says, he's worth £20 million every day of the week. The goals he scored in Europe was absolutely immense. So if we get that money and we invest it wisely, we might even get a couple of strikers, Gordon, that can actually score against Celtic and unlock the teams we can't beat below us. 
I just want to get your views on that no, it, won't, it won't matter what media men or Celtic men say here It'll matter no. what, what Lille say And, and what other clubs say um, Williams I'm not going to say he's, he's all for it But ultimately you know, if, if the money can be invested William thinks it would be a good idea The difficult decision comes for Rangers Who How much does it take To guarantee someone who'll come in and score the amount of goals he has He, sure. can, he could spend a lot of money on a striker And, and he doesn't Provide the goal return that Morelos has in the last few seasons Sure but all transfers contain an element of risk And a gamble uh, Stephen Gerrard to me seems quite calm about all of this Which tells me that uh, he's making sure that Rangers get the right amount of money And also tells me that he has players who are Just about ready to jump into taxi And turn up in Edmist and drive uh, before long uh, it's now about Lille as you say Are they willing to go the extra mile to get him? Do they have other targets in mind? Um, there's no doubt they have the money And Rangers know they have the money uh, And Rangers are trying to get what they believe to be The fairest price for Alfredo Morelos At what price do you say yes that's a good idea well, If you're Ross Wilson or you're, you're yeah. on the Rangers board? I think uh, Stuart Robinson was on record as saying 20 million. That would be the, the, the fee they're looking at, Gordon. Now, that may well be 17, 18 up front, a couple of million on appearances, plus maybe a sell on. So, uh, there's many ways to get to that figure, Gordon. Uh, one thing we do know is they've got plenty of money having sold that player to Napoli for is it 60 million euros. So, they've got plenty of money. They're, they're, they're well back club as well. So, you know, obviously they've come in with that 14 million. But that is a low ball offer to what, start with. William, what about the, the, the significance of this season? Does that come into the mindset at all? Everyone knows that, you know, Rangers are, are wanting to try and win the league and stop Celtic winning it and all the rest of it. Can you. Where would your confidence levels be if, if, if Alfredo Morelos was to leave? How, how difficult would it be to replace his goals? It would be, it would be difficult, Gordon, right? Uh, I'm. Don't, don't get, I like everybody straight here. I, I like Alfredo Morelos, right? He scored a lot of good goals. He's a better goal scorer in Scotland for the last three years. I think that speaks for itself. But I think, as I've stated previously, his head's not there, Gordon. It's definitely not there. If we get two young, hungry strikers in, get that right sided mid midfield uh, player and uh, another holding player, because I don't, I don't trust Kamara, right? Or something about him I just don't trust. I want a better holding player next to Jack. If we get the the position sorted I'll tell you what It's going to be very very close this year Yeah and just I mean I don't think he was the league's top scorer In the season that's just passed But in terms of overall All competitions here You certainly can't argue You saw the return in the The Europa yeah, League as well uh-huh. Given This this is nothing new Like I said at the top I mean the, the day that Alfredo Morelos Leaves Rangers It's not going to come As a surprise to anyone no. So Does that uh, Does that is that where the, the spotlight shifts, if you like, to Ross Wilson and the recruitment department to say surely there, there is some sort of plan in place? I have absolutely no doubt that plans will be in place. Names are ready. Uh, numbers are ready to be dialed. Uh, my concern for Rangers would be if, and Alec will know this to be the case, if there was to be a belated collapse in this transfer deal, and that can happen a lot of times, you're then... Stuck with an unhappy Alfredo Morelos uh, Who thought he'd one foot in Lille uh, And if anything were to go wrong with the deal You've then got a player in a huff Yeah, that's not exclusive to Alfredo Morelos I feel like I've heard that <laughs> so many times over the, but the years But it's true <laughs> Is it true? That's what no, I was wanting to Because is there, is there an element of cutting off your nose to spite your face? Because if he wants a good move in the future He, he, better, he better You have to dig in 
Uh, more experiences, Gordon. Um, when I was at Wolves, in my second season, Graham Soonis put a bid in for us in uh, Blackburn, and um, because Wolves were not forthcoming with a new contract, and they were saying wait to the end of the season, I was keen to get my my future mm-hmm. secure. So there was a, a period for about a month where my head and better. I was a lot more experienced now. I would have been about thirty two, about thirty three, thirty four at the time. So. It does turn people's heads So it's just a case of making sure he's right for oh, Going yeah. forward Because the game at Aberdeen at the weekend This is not for the faint-hearted Thank you very much William That takes us up nicely to time for this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football What an opportunity To be the first Beat the Pundit contestant Of the new season It's guaranteed to be one of the most memorable seasons In living memory For various reasons And I'm not saying that Beat the Pundit is part of that by the way But if you want to be the first contestant on Beat the Pundit this season Now is your chance 01419511025 If you've never heard it before It's you up against Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray Get more questions right than they do And you win yourself a signed ball It's as simple as that 01419511025 Lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans is here Alex Ray is alongside him And they're waiting in your call So 141951 On the day that it was confirmed Hearts will play in the Championship next season After they and Partick Thistle Failed to overturn their relegations uh, The arbitration process against the SPFL's decision uh, Ruled not in favour Or it ruled in favour I should say Of the SPFL And it looks like well, You never say never in Scottish football It looks like that's the end of the road uh, With regards Hart and Partick Thistle Lots of speculation this weekend About Alfredo Morelos's future as well And we're still to hear from Neil Lennon Some very interesting comments about Lee Griffiths Let's do this first though Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Ah, beat the pundit back for a brand new season Every time we kick off a new season, Hugh Of the two hour show, I think Will people still want to play beat the pundit? They're getting a bit fed up of it Well, two seconds after I advertised it I looked to my left And the phone lines were chock-a-block Because the chance to put you in your place And the chance to put you in your place, Alex Ray Is as popular as ever Well, I'm right out of condition on this one, Alex I haven't uh, been on beat the pundit since March Because I was in the man cave So I didn't get the chance to play I'm going to look at my two-sided, uh, my double-sided coin, yeah. I think, for this one. Right, let's meet tonight's contestant. Graham is a Celtic fan from Paisley. How's it going, Graham? Ah, uh, not bad. Yourself? Not too bad at all. Are you the type that can handle the pressure of being the first beat the pundit contestant of a new season, Graham? This is a big moment. Well, we'll soon find out. We will soon find <laughs> out. Heads is Hugh Evans. Rusty Hugh Evans. He says, "When did you say you last played?" March. Yeah, I realised when I walked into the office today. I've not seen him since March. Yeah, that must amazing, be the longest. It? I've gone without <laughs> laying eyes on the old fella for about 10 years. It's been great. Anyway, um, heads as Hugh Tails. It's Alex Ray. And it's heads. Ooh. Let's see if he can shake off the rust, Hugh Keevans. <laughs> oh, from Paisley. Uh, right, let me see if I remember which button to press. I think that makes Hugh disappear. He can't hear us anymore. And it's the usual rules apply, Graham. 30 seconds gone on the clock. You're up against Hugh. And the only thing you need to know is that you can pass. So if you don't know, pass okay. quickly and move on to the next one. Ready? Yep. Let's do it. For the first time this season, your chance to beat the pundit starts now. Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Bully Wee? Clyde. Who did Rangers sign from Rapid Vienna in 2010? Yelovich. Who's the current manager of Leeds? 
Bielsa. Who was the Motherwell manager before Stephen Robinson? Pass. Who did Celtic beat in the 2017 Scottish Cup final? Uh, Aberdeen. Which side won the Italian title last night? Juventus. Who's the manager of Dunfermline? Pass. Okay, let's see what the rust looks like for Hugh Keevans. You'll have been studying hard all summer, though. I'm, I'd imagine your daily trek to get the newspapers once you were allowed out the house again. That, yes. That you picked that up where you left off. Oh, absolutely. And understand if you go and pick up a Sunday newspaper, we will find you back in the Sunday newspapers this weekend. Exactly. How on earth did that happen? Well, a surprise phone call <laughs> right out of the blue. It's, it, it, I am the signing of the summer in my own mind. Life in the old dog yet is the phrase that springs to mind. Let's um, see what Hugh Evans can do compared to Graham's attempts. Same questions, Hugh. You know the drill. Your okay. time starts now. Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Bully Wee? Uh, Clyde. Who did Rangers sign from Rapid Vienna in 2010? Um, pass. Who's the current manager of Leeds? Oh, pass. Who's the Motherwell manager before Stephen Robinson? Higginbottom. <laughs> Who did Celtic beat in the 2017 Scottish Cup final? Aberdeen. Which side won the Italian title last night? Juventus. Who's the Dunfermline manager? Uh, Gordon Young. <laughs> Which country hosted Euro 2016? Portugal. Rusty doesn't do it justice. <laughs> no. There were some wild answers in there, Graham. Are you confident that you've managed to see them off? Mm, not, not sure about the close. It was still quite close. Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Bully Wee? You both got it 1 all. Mm. Who did Rangers sign from Rapid Vienna in 2010? Jelovic. Oh. Graham got it. You didn't. 2 oh. 1 to Graham. 3 1 to Graham, the Leeds manager. Is Bielsa Of course Who was the Motherwell manager Before Stephen Robinson Paul uh, Heckingbottom Was the Hibs manager Of course he was I don't know what you were on about there So it was um, it was Mark McGee uh, Who did Celtic defeat In the 2017 Scottish Cup final You both got Aberdeen You both knew that Juventus um, Won the Italian League title last night So Graham's still two in front Stevie Crawford, Crawford yeah. Is the Dunfermline manager uh, And Euro 2016 Was in France I like what you've done there You've set the bar Horrifically low Yeah And things can only get better As the season progresses But A win is a win Graham You've kicked it off in style For the listeners And the first sign ball Of the new campaign Is on its way to Paisley Well done to you Well done Graham Excellent Thanks very much Good man That was Graham and Paisley Homework required For Hugh Keevans I think Who's Gordon Young? Yeah, he's been around yeah, various clubs in yeah. sort of the coach role, assistant manager role. I, I, what I do know right now is that he's not the Dunfermline manager. Yeah, I can right. confirm that. That's it's actually an, from my neck of the woods. That's an oversight on their part then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I say, bar set extremely low. I'm looking forward to the first column on Sunday though. <laughs> Paul Heckenbottom did a great job at Fur Park. It's a shame to see <laughs> yeah, him move Chris on. Anyway, 01419511025. Let's pick up where we left off because we didn't really get enough time to fully explore Alfredo Morelos's Situation And it's part of a bigger picture Alex Without even talking about Alfredo Morelos specifically Steven Gerrard said over the weekend We need more Yes And when he was talking about up front He said that's the one area that's giving me a slight concern We've not got enough numbers in that area And that's not in response to, to the, the potential So that tells you where Rangers are at in that department Yeah I think they fell short last year uh, Having two strikers Gordon It wasn't enough I think the turn of the year Morelos was out And the four uh, get injured I think so All of a sudden You're playing uh, Stuart up front 
players that are not familiar with that role it just didn't work at all they need more strength and depth within that area and I think that's what Steve Musseni needs more Grant is a Rangers fan in the Netherlands of all places Grant what about this Alfredo Morelos speculation the rumour mill what are you, th- you what's your gut telling you do you think he'll be here will he play at Pataudry how you doing guys how you doing panel Good. Uh, I think if the offer's right he'll he'll go uh, I think we've learned you know over the years that every footballer has a price uh, and Morelos is no different I it's good to see the Rangers board if the offer I've heard rumours that the offer was 14 mil you know something like that if that's the case and Rangers have rejected it for me I'm really happy to hear that because over the years we've given our players away practically Jelovic went to Everton was it three, four million pounds I think uh, it was five but, even, but it was even still it was very low Grant you're absolutely right you know, even five million for Jelovic. You know, back then the guy was a ten million pound striker, in my opinion. Uh, even before that, with Alex's time at Rangers, you know, uh, Thomas Buffell, he, you know, he was another one. We paid again. I think it was in the region of four million. We sold him for almost nothing. Uh, you know, and uh, Barry Ferguson, he went. He went to Blackburn and uh, Blackburn for seven and a half million, where again ten million should have been the price. Uh, so if Rangers have rejected fourteen million, I take my hat off to the club because it's good to see. Scotland should not be the feeder nation to England, uh, or in this case, Leo. Uh, so for me, I think he'll go. I think if Leo are seriously about or serious, they'll come back in. And I think Rangers' valuation of mm. 20, 20, 20 million euros or twenty million pounds—that's that's the right valuation for Morelos. Because if you look at his game to goal ratio, it's better than if I, be, I believe. So I'm not. Checked it, but I believe it's better than Dembele's uh, game to goal ratio for Celtic. Hugh, and yeah, let me put those points to, to Hugh then. Grant. How do you balance it? You have obsessed for a long time, and rightly so, about the significance of this season and what oh. it means to Celtic and, and therefore what it means to Rangers. How do you balance that up then? Because on a football basis, you think, well, no, you keep Morelos because he's your, he's your main man and, sure. and he gives you the best chance of, of stopping Celtic and winning something for Rangers. How do you balance that up against the need for Rangers to? To ultimately do what Celtic have done in recent seasons Pick guys up relatively cheap Move them on for big money And keep yeah. doing that And then really sustain yourself and, and try and build on it Number one, the priority for Rangers Is the stop 10 For every Rangers supporting Man, woman and child For every board member For every member of Stephen Gerrard's backroom team For every player in the dressing room The only thing that matters this season The only thing Is stopping Celtic getting 10 in a row um, you know, Grant mentions uh, Alfredo Morelos' goal-scoring ratio when compared to Musa um, Dembele. That that that's just not important. The only thing that's important here is how Leo react to being pressed by Rangers for more money, because transfers are notoriously fragile, and if they decide to walk away, Rangers then have a huffy Alfredo Morelos who. Apparently, has already agreed personal terms with Lille. So that that first of all is what cannot happen for Rangers. But if he does go and the money is right, then I believe it will be spent wisely. It has to be, or ten in a row, the stopping of becomes in jeopardy. Can I jump back in? Of course you can. Yeah, you uh, mentioned you know if, for example, he's agreed personal terms with Lille. I don't believe so because again I thought the rules were simple that you could not be you couldn't approach a player unless you know terms were already already agreed. So I don't see Leo approaching Morelles and his people 
uh, until Rangers have gave permission, unless Rangers have gave permission, but again, that hasn't came out. You, you, bought, you also mentioned that if, for example, the deal falls through and we're, we're left with Morelos and we're left with a, a grumpy, huffy Morelos, tell me when Morelos hasn't been grumpy or huffy. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, but when they turn when they turn seriously huffy, you, you're in bother, you know, because he's no. he's had his moments of indiscipline. He's had his moments where he's let down Stephen Gerrard when he came back late from Colombia and wasn't able to play against Hearts in the Scottish Cup, etc., etc. But if he has one foot across the channel and he can't put the other foot across the channel, he becomes seriously huffy. Uh, I think uh, in terms of your, your point there, Grant, in terms of agents will almost certainly speak to people off the record roughly what the salary uh, figure will be. And that's for all teams, really. They, they tend to test the water first and foremost. Um, uh, if Rangers' valuation is met, uh, I would expect Morelos to then go, Gordon, because as we, everyone says, you know, everyone has their price. And it may well be the case that, you know, Stephen Gerrard has been out publicly. Now, if Morelos stayed, I'd be delighted because you, you know you get guaranteed goals in him. He's proven that since he came to Scotland. But if they did move and he got the figure, the the money could be carved up appropriately so that they could go reinvest in the squad, probably get the two extra strikers that he needs, Gordon, and various other positions that Stephen feels, you know, I think they were after the South African midfielder, uh, Zunga, from Amiens in France. So, they're going to have to finance this and it may well be the case that they have to sell someone to reinvest. For all three of you then, starting with Grant, I, I wonder how different this is all going to play out because of what we as a a planet have gone through mm. in, in the last couple of months. So many aspects of our game are going to be impacted uh, by COVID-19, by, by the shutdown and all the rest of it. Might we be about to see what impact it has on transfers, Grant? Because some clubs might really need money um, some clubs might come out of it better than others Then look at the structure even grant of Transfer windows The transfer windows open till October, October now, five. We, we are almost falling into the trap of going Oh Rangers need this cleared up by Saturday Because you know they, they, they go to Pataudry But the transfer windows open till October The English clubs only played their last game of the season Yesterday Different leagues around Europe are all at different stages yeah. How murky might this become Grant Trying to, to, to find a, a suitable balance. a suitable way through it all I think it's going to be a logistical nightmare. Uh, and I think, yeah, especially for us, Scotland, you know, Scotland, you know, our league starts back next week. And, you know, we we could be going into it, you know, with bigger clubs poaching our players. And then we're, you know, already three or four games in. Uh, I think the bigger clubs, in this case, Rangers, Celtic, you know, down in England as well, I don't think they'll be suffered as much. I think the smaller clubs, Especially like English Championship clubs, obviously, probably the other the ninety, the other eighty percent of the SPL clubs as well. They're gonna this will hit them hard, uh, and it just depends if you know the uh, sort of demand for their players and so on. I, you know, uh, I think long term it will everything will fix itself. I think short term, I think this season in terms of transfer windows is going to be a nightmare. Uh, but for me, my priority is Rangers get. If we are selling them, get the most from Morelos as possible. I think twenty million is the valuation. If a club comes in and matches it, okay, we sell them. And I think you know, again, I think Gerard and the scouting team at Rangers will have two, three options lined up, ready to move in for if Morelos decides to go. Because again, there's been the rumours of Morelos leaving haven't just been going on for the last week; they've been going on for the last five, six weeks. Uh, and uh, you know, and Alex and you, you, all of you will know every good club have. Scouting area for this for this purpose. So even if Goldson was to leave 
tomorrow we would have hopefully another centre back in you know in the in the wish list, for example. So if Morelos goes, fair play to the guy. He's done his job for us. We paid a million pounds for him. We could get twenty back. It's a great investment. Uh, we can and just what Alex said, we can put that twenty million back into the not into the whole not the whole twenty million back into the team, but we can hopefully go and get that centre mid from uh, I can't say it. I can't, I can't pronounce it. Amiens in France. Uh, we could then go and get our right sided midfielder that maybe we're looking for. We could bring in the other two strikers we're looking for as well, and we would have change left over for January if needed. I think all we know about Rangers finances would tell us that having uh, brought in Yanis Hadji and before him Ryan Kent for uh, millions of pounds, uh, Rangers need to offload Morelos in order to buy significantly. I don't think the money would be there. And Steven Gerrard over the weekend made it clear that he's told the board that he wants more players in. I don't think the money would be there to buy significant players unless Morelos is sold. Alex, what about... You know Grant's points there about where we're at at the moment as, as a game, as a country, as a continent. There's so so much to take into account. We don't really know how it's going to play out. I feel like a lot of the reaction to Morelos over the weekend has focused around Petodri on Saturday. Defoe's injured. If Morelos goes, who's going to lead the line at Petodri? There is a bigger picture, but, but how long could it rumble on? The transfer window's yeah. open till October. Gordon, I'd be really surprised if he didn't get another striker in, regardless if Morelos uh, comes or goes. So I think there'll be some action in that in that field in the next couple of days. Uh, I think he, he makes a very valid point in terms of the we've got two months effectively, Gordon, to, for a for a transfer window. But the importance of getting off to a good start is paramount. Oh, it's paramount, Hugh, because if yeah. you don't get off to a good start. Yeah. Are you going to go and buy players two months down the lane and you could be several points off the pace? So it's important to try and get the key men in now, get them settled and get up and running the season. You've heard all the names before, I'm sure. The ones closer to home, Lyndon Dykes, for instance. Yep. He's subject of interest from down south as well. And names like Josh Madger, who is at Sunderland yep, and moved to, to France as well. Any of them doing it for yeah, you? Yeah, what, what category did it does? Without being disrespectful to, to either of them, would would yeah. Josh Madger come into the Morelos replacement category, and oh. then the the Dykes one is is your additional striker? Yeah. Is that is that fair? Possibly, Gordon. It's it's, it's just depending on what uh, Stephen Gerrard wants. Does he want someone to run in behind? Does he want a big tall one? You know, but for me, they need to add someone with a physical presence. Uh, Cosgrove, uh, Aberdeen would be ideal, and I don't mean as the main number nine, but it's a guy who scores goals. He's at, was at two million, two and a half million. They accepted a couple of weeks ago from a French club, so you know he's available for that type of money. But they must have a like a marquee. If Morelos goes, uh, with the greatest respect to Cosgrove, I don't think him coming in, the Rangers fans would be kind of jumping off their seats. However, if there was a main number nine with him, Cosgrove, and someone like Defoe as the three strikers, I think would be relatively comfortable. Grant in the Netherlands, thank you very much for getting in touch. Oh one four one nine five one. 1025, we've got a full-time teaser for you And remember, just 10 days ago Neil Lennon said this of Lee Griffiths He's let himself down And he's let us down Hear what the latest is on Lee Griffiths next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're about to do the first full-time teaser of the season I'm looking forward to that We're on the phones And we're on Twitter As always as well Now remember here's If, if you've been off If you've been off the radar for a couple of months Or you've forgotten how this works Or you're tuning in for the first time And you've forgotten how the full-time teaser works At this time, every night 
You send the question to us And we try and catch out the pundits And see if they can come up with the answers So if you want to contribute You want to hear your question in the show The address you need is fulltime At Clyde1.com That's fulltime at Clyde1.com And Martin Burns has been in touch tonight Quite simply he says Which 10 English players have scored for Celtic In an old firm derby Okay Oh, straight in I was going to repeat the question as well 10 English players who've scored for Celtic In an old firm derby Alex Ray says Gary Hooper Alex Ray is correct Alan Thompson Hugh Keevans is also correct Chris Sutton Yes Payton Oh, what a shout that is Andy Payton, well done Yeah, I remember him well I volleyed him all the place at Hull one day <laughs> um, We'll leave it there Four down, six to go Looks like you're on course to absolutely scoosh this which is only right after that embarrassing effort on Beat the Pundit from Hugh Keevans uh, <laughs> earlier on. We're on Twitter, remember, at Clyde SSB. Um, lots of different opinions coming in on Hearts and Partick Thistle, on Alfredo Morelos. Uh, let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon. He says Lee Griffiths is in the best condition he's been in for a long time after his return to the first team. Uh, he was in action today in a 3-1 win against Hibs. The Celtic boss says he's still eager to strengthen his squad and hopes to do so before the weekend. Yeah, it was great, you know, he's looked, he looks great, you know, it's the best I've seen him in a long, long time, you know, in terms of how he looks in his condition, uh, so I'm delighted with his response to what we've asked of him, and um, he just has to maintain it now, and he'll be a real asset for us, no question. How ready is he? Do you think he's, he's ready to enter the squad for the weekend? Well, we'll see how he is in the next couple of days, and, you know, see how he's feeling, but he thinks he may need a, maybe a week, 10 days, something like that, so we'll gauge that as we go. like to get a, obviously... We want to get a couple more players in. We let a few go. Obviously, seven or eight went out the building, and then um, you know, so I mean, we, while we've saying more, he was already here. If you know what I mean, so we could do with you know some freshen up a little bit and give an extra impetus to what's already a good squad. Hopefully, we'll have some sort of resolution this week. Firstly, on Griffith, who ten days ago Neil Lennon says he's let himself down and he's let us down, and now he's in the best condition he's been in for a long time. So. We can only assume that Lee Griffiths has worked extremely hard over those 10 days A few people out there will be wanting to know what sort of post-lockdown diet he's been on Because well, I think uh, lots, of us, lots of us need it It's a remarkable transformation uh, Because Neil Lennon was clearly disgusted He wouldn't take Lee Griffiths to Loughborough when uh, Celtic went there for a training camp He wouldn't take him to France for the games that were played there And now he comes back and uh, according to Neil Lennon he's in tremendous shape um, perhaps it justifies the decision to leave him there At Lennox Town Knowing that the manager was very very unhappy And he's worked his socks off And uh, the great thing for the Celtic support Is that it offers the promise Of the Edward Griffiths partnership being renewed But also on a day when Patrick Clamalla uh, Was on the, the goal scoring sheet as well Perhaps Lee Griffiths has had uh, a look about him and understood and listened to all of the former Celtic players who told him just how badly he had let down the manager and the team. Yeah, Alex Ray, Lee Griffiths played for a bit against his former club Hibs today. It was largely a a second-string Celtic team. They played over the weekend as well. Um, He kind of scored. He almost scored. Have you seen it? It was one Mm. of them where he did all the hard work and he provided the finish and it's about to roll over the line. But Clamalla just ran in and tapped in, as all good strikers would. So it ended up with Clamalla got two, Karamoko Dembele got one. But Lee Griffiths played a bit and he contributed. And um, it sounds like it's been quite a turnaround. Or is this this Neil Lennon trying to now say... 
the, the sort of encouraging things having been critical 10 days ago yeah it's, uh, it's uh, silk glove and the boxing glove Gordon 10 days ago he uh, he says it wasn't acceptable he's come back in uh, the shape that he did which obviously Hughes mentioned didn't warrant him going on a prison tour uh, it seems as if over the last 10 days or so he's got up to speed but the big frustration for Neil Lennon and, and I said this last week to a few of my, my pals he's in last chance alone now because the, the club have backed him to the hilt here, yeah, you know, yeah. for his mental issues. They've supported him publicly. The, the source of frustration for Neil Lennon will be as he feels as if it's going to be another 7 to 10 days before he will be available. If he'd come back in shape, he would most certainly have been available come this weekend. Okay, Phil is a Celtic fan in Dalmuir. Phil, what do you think uh, Lee Griffiths will deal with him first? And then there's some potential transfers incoming for Celtic as well. Yep. Good evening, Tano. Good evening, Shu. Good evening, Alec. Hi, Phil. Uh, it was just uh, I watched the game today, um, and when Lee Griffiths came on, he totally transferred uh, transferred that game, transformed that game. Sorry, because up until then it was it wasn't a great game, but as soon as he came on, he injected that wee bit of spark, and you know I was quite annoyed at Carmelis stealing his goal, but you know a goal's a goal. We'll take it. Um, but it was great to see the guy back, and you know he like he does look fit, he does look good, and I, you know, Neil Lennon is going to have a problem not playing him if he keeps on that kind of form. He's going to have a problem with him not to play him. Well, I'm sure his first and, inclination, uh, and you agree, Phil, is that you want to restore the partnership of uh, Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward. Um, absolutely. Albeit that Patrick Kamala appears to be bursting to get a chance, uh, and you can understand that as well. As ever, these things will be determined by who's on form, who's scoring the goals, uh, and they get first chance at it. But I think that the partnership of Edward and Griffiths, which uh, closed the season so well, might be Neil Lennon's first inclination. Absolutely. What about this weekend then, Phil? You, you just heard from Neil Lennon while she were hanging on the line. Does it, does it sound like this weekend's a bit too soon for Lee Griffiths to be involved or, or does he get pitched straight no. back in? I don't think it is, Gordon. I think he's ready um, and he, he's got to get played because watching that today, I mean, how can you not play him? The guy's obviously got the talent. He can play. If he keeps his fitness up and maintains that, you know, Lenny's going to have a problem not playing him because he's a proven goal scorer. Yeah. Why would you not play him? I know at the time when Neil Lennon tore strips off him and wouldn't let him go to Loughborough, uh, I remember saying to callers here on the programme who were saying, well, maybe it's time just to get shot of him. You don't cut your nose off despite your face. This is a guy who scored over 100 goals for Celtic. If he's fit and he is consistent, then he's a first pick for me, beside Edward. He has to be. Uh, anyone who scored over 100 goals for you, He's he's your man. Yeah, no, listen, I, I agree that you you have to get him up to speed. Uh, and I, I, listen to Phil there; it seems as if he's had a really positive day today. But I think when Neil Lennon says seven to ten days, they're conscious of the fact that you know he's obviously had injury problems over the course of uh-huh. his time at Celtic, and they will not want any recurrence by throwing him in too early, Gordon. And why take the risk? Because you've got Klamala who's starting to do it, mm. and I just mean for the the, the short term. Because if you get Griffiths playing up to speed. I agree with you He is most certainly Celtic's number two striker Alongside Edward At Dazboy Is on Twitter He says Anyone going to talk about Celtic Almost about to sign Barkas from EEK And a Jetty from West Ham on loan 
Yes is the answer to that You got <laughs> right on time uh, It does look like Phil That the goalkeeping situation Will be improved Vasilis Barkas from AEK Round about 5 million Neil Lennon as always After the game today Wouldn't be drawn on specific names But reports coming out of Greece this evening Suggest that that one Is about to be done Is that Something that Is a priority for you at the moment Phil? Yeah Absolutely First and foremost That is the priority And it looks like the game is going to be done By the end of this week Which is fantastic news for us Because we definitely need Someone in Because being As much as the guy is a good goalkeeper He's not the answer um, This guy they're looking at Bacchus Looks to be a good Looks to be a good signing And if they can get him Great stuff his, You know his, we'll, uh, we'll take it His numbers are terrific You know when you look at The number of um, Shutouts that he's had uh, Over the course of his club career In Greece It's a lot of money For a Scottish club To pay for a goalkeeper uh, But You have to work on the Assumption that Celtic have studied him Very closely uh, And have thought This guy is special uh, and therefore that's why they're willing to push the boat out Because the Champions League is vital You spoke earlier Gordon in relation to Rangers About how Covid uh, will impact on football in general Now Celtic have lost millions of pounds Because they happen to pay big wages with nothing coming in Qualification for the Champions League would take care of all the losses in one fell swoop But you need A high calibre goalkeeper If you're going to do that And Barkas would appear to be the one that Celtic have said Yeah, he's worth the gamble And the big money Yeah, the CV looks decent Alex, 10 yeah. caps for Greece A title winner with AEK Celtic fans might remember him Having played against AEK yep. in, in qualification not so long ago um, Spending a, a sum of money like that Round about 5 million is it safe to assume that it's him instead of Fraser Forster? I mean, that yeah. that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would I would think so, Gordon. There was a lot of speculation last night that uh, Forster was coming back to Celtic on loan. However, they've got the Barkas deal by the looks of things that's been reported in several uh, media outlets. Uh, so, you know, they've obviously done their homework. The one thing about Celtic is they're very diligent in terms of the recruitment. So they've watched them uh, over the piece. And as you rightly said, they're, they're familiar with them because they watched them uh, last year, I think it was. So, you know, they obviously brought them in International experience It makes sense But he will most certainly Be the number one Ah there we go The other name Being thrown around uh, Albion Ajeti Looks like he's One that's getting closer As well Hugh A forward on loan From West Ham So again Neil Lennon You heard him there Talking about He, he does want a few more Because they've moved Players out And yet yeah, they've signed El Yunusi But technically he was Maybe yeah. well he was He was part of the group There last season as well What position Gordon I know you're saying a forward Is it off the flank Is it through the middle Yeah because it's just it's, Do you know Hugh you, You're English knowledge is tr- uh, superb he's more, of a, he's, he's more of a Brighton aficionado yeah, yeah. yeah that's his expertise um, Again though it, it tells you that Celtic are gearing up for this 10 in a row uh, And Rangers are gearing up to prevent 10 in a row As I say I think it's big money For a goalkeeper For a Scottish club um, A jetty uh, and By I, all accounts I think he's an out and out striker So you know that would fall into the bracket yeah, Of Edward yeah. and Griffiths and and Klamala. even Klamala Hugh yeah. He can only do so much In pre-season But every time he's he's played He's, well, he's been there Or thereabouts In terms of goals Yes the one The other the day Was a mistake from the keeper Yesterday's was a tap-in um, That he stole off Lee Griffiths But you, you can't really Take anything away From these guys Are we, are we not 
believing that he's at a level to, to challenge well, the, the starting he, 11 he's certainly coming on um, and there's still bio in the background that's what but, I was thinking about know, as well you've got some uh, options haven't yeah. uh, although bio has never impressed uh, but he's had more and more time at Lennox Town now I don't know where he stands in Neil Lennon's plans uh, but they are gearing up and remember El Yunusi cost Southampton an awful lot of money 16 million yeah and for Celtic to get him for another season uh, if he maintains fitness uh, with Griffiths with Edward uh, Ayeti if he comes um, Klamala you know the, the options are mm-hmm. building up there alright thank you very much Phil in Dalmuir let's move quickly on to Frank who is in Springburn what do you think Frank Neil Lennon quite a bit to say today he's happy with Lee Griffiths and it looks like Barkas might be the new Celtic goalkeeper within the coming days happy with that yeah, absolutely delighted. I think we need another goalkeeper as well. Now I would go for uh, David Marshall, bring him back in on uh, a free transfer. But can I go back to, to last week's friendly first sure. before I talk about today's? Mm-hmm. Uh, see the the trophy that the new call won last week, uh, the wee violin trophy or whatever it was called. But my right in saying Kane got sent off in one of the games and then played the next game. That's that correct. correct. Yeah. Calls like this really make me feel like I've never been away, Hugh Kevens. We've, 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 we've got the wee dig in early now, yeah. and then there's we're, we're sort of going back and just seeing where we can point score. But so that's fine. That's what that's our currency. Just before you get to it, then I'll give you the answer to that. When Kent was sent off, Frank, but uh, the referee did not report it to the French Football Federation. Yeah, that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about the trophy. They went for me. That's the case. It's tainted. But anyway, my, my point: <laughs> the trophy's tainted. But anyway. <laughs> My point is, my point is oh, today, the, the last couple of games, yesterday's game with the first team was a bore fest. I watched that game. Today I was very entertained with the, with the young players. I thought they were outstanding, especially the second half. I was really impressed with Soro and I also liked um, yeah, Luca Cono, who come on, uh, Henderson. All the young boys looked really good. Now, the future's bright The future's green and white Well That was a statement On behalf of Frank And uh, The Celtic supporters um, Apparently Luke O'Connell did Look the part today uh, Sorrow is one of those Who came in again uh, Under that Celtic policy Which says Bring them in for A small amount of money And see if you can move them on For a big amount of money And it's worked very very well For Celtic over the years uh, perhaps he and Luca Connell are starting to um, make a move. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a good few days for Neil Lennon, uh, particularly with Griffiths coming back and looking the part. So Frank's got in early with all of the old shenanigans, uh, the old cliches that we've come to know and love. Uh, but on Saturday and Sunday, Celtic and Rangers both know that a draw. Is a calamity A defeat Is a catastrophe Now who's dusting off The old cliches Honestly <laughs> no, no, I've, I've upgraded The, the, oh, the storm warning it, it Give us it a again. calamity A defeat Is a catastrophe What was it last season? Um, <laughs> a disaster And a catastrophe I think it was I don't know yeah. You've upgraded it anyway it's, it's more serious This season That's the message the, This season Is the most important For Celtic and Rangers In 22 years uh, Since the season That began With Vim Jansen And Murdo McLeod uh, having to stop Celtic or uh, stop Rangers winning 10 in a row and 
So it came to pass on the final day of the season. I don't, I don't know if uh, everyone has the constitution for this one. They go <laughs> yeah. to the final day of the season, but you never know. Strap yourselves in. That's the message from Hugh Keevans. Thank you, Frank in Springburn. Paul Wilkie's on Twitter. He actually agrees. He says the biggest surprise today was the performance of young Luca Connell, who was superb. I remember this was a, 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 a I think second strings yeah, always nice. a bit unfair, yeah. but it was a sort of. Experimental Celtic lineup. Most of the first team As we would recognise them Played yesterday um, And I think Hibs Something similar as well A mixture of Kind of first team players And guys that are on the fringe So uh, But look at Connell By all accounts Catching the eye on Twitter What about this teaser Martin Burns says Which 10 English players Have scored for Celtic In an old firm derby You've got Gary Hooper Andy Payton Chris Sutton Alan Thompson I'll take one more each Scott Sinclair Yeah he must have got A couple up here During his yeah. time Yep Alex uh, Ian Wright no Did Paul Dion Elliott Dublin score? Paul Elliott? Paul Elliott, yes Dion Dublin, no Which means you've got three to get And we'll get them next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is here He's made it through to near the end of his first two hour show In quite a while You've been getting off lightly at 7 o'clock Over the last couple of months And you're yeah. back in the studio as well It just, yeah. it just adds you, We were entertained when you were here live from the man cave I'm glad you were But it just <laughs> wasn't the same it's, was, yeah. it's good to be reunited To be able to look you in the eye When you've got your mad theories and arguments going <laughs> like, it, it gives me a mad real sense theory. of truth Something like that oh, yeah. um, Alex Ray is also alongside him Just keeping him in check And probably giving him a lift up the road Oh yeah, absolutely yes. Yes, yes, He's yes, already yes. been in touch with me today To find out <laughs> who is on Friday's show So that he can plan his lift home Lord, Lord lift I told in, you In advance It's great that You know having had Quite a lengthy <laughs> layoff as I have Some things never change So Martin Burns has been on And he's asking for The following 10 English players have scored for Celtic In an old firm derby You're doing pretty well actually Paul Elliott Gary Hooper Andy Payton Scott Sinclair Chris Sutton Alan Thompson now I think I said you had three to get But you've actually got four to get My apologies um, Lee Naylor Brilliant, well done Three to get now mm-hmm. I can't believe Nail's even scored a goal Never mind an old firm <laughs> one Do you play with him at Wolves? Yeah, yeah. he's just a young boy Yeah, Him and uh, Lescott Two very good talented mm-hmm. boys Okay, three to get And by the way, just another shout For future full-time teasers If you want to hear your question on the show It's pretty simple Just fire over an email Fulltime at Clyde1.com and uh, we'll see what we can do See if we can get it on the show If you've never heard it before We're looking for Roundabout Sort of Anywhere really Between 6 and 12 answers That's usually a sort of Suitable number You can make them as difficult Or as easy as you like If they're easy I give them to Hugh and Alex And if they're difficult uh, uh, Roger Hanna gets them on a Tuesday <laughs> I'm not complaining on that front No I think we've had a bit Right we'll leave it there That's fine You're actually doing okay You've only got three to get Two in particular Pretty well known names One a bit Bit more from left field I would say Let's speak to Craig who is a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld And it looks like we're going to end where we started tonight With that verdict from the arbitration panels Craig, what's your thoughts on it? Ah, yes, ladies and gents It's uh, nice to have you back Maybe you're still keeping yourself safe Yeah, we're getting there Listen, my view is I think I have got sympathy for for Hearts And for Party Fistle I certainly get more sympathy for Party Fistle than I do Hearts um, just because I mean their circumstances when you compare them to Hearts they should really feel more hard done by their Hearts given that they hadn't even played the same amount of games um, as, as the team above them whereas at least Hearts actually had 
Um, but my, my issue is, you know, all the talk about it and the decisions for the arbitration panels and the blaming of the SPFL, it seems to me like Hearts and Party Thistle, but Hearts in particular, are doing an awful lot of finger pointing and taking none of the responsibility themselves because on the field, they weren't good enough over the season. They won four games. But also, my other argument is that off the field, Hearts made a decision, which was to vote to end the league season. Now, when they made that decision, they must have known, because as much as I'm not an advocate of the SPFL, I think there's many things they need to improve, and certainly there's still one or two questions about that vote. There is no way Neil Doncaster told Dan Budge, if you vote for this, it's a guaranteed, foregone, Neil Don conclusion. Reconstruction will happen and Hearts won't go down. That was not told. What they were told was that conversation would happen and that the panel would be set up and that Anne Budge would basically be leading that panel. That never worked out because the teams decided, you know, other teams decided they didn't want to do that. So the way I look at it, Hearts took, and Anne Budge in particular, took a gamble with the future of Hearts by deciding that they were going to vote to end the league and go for the league reconstruction. And I'm not saying the league shouldn't have ended. What I'm saying is both on and off the park, there is major responsibility on the shoulders of Hearts because forget the Dundee vote. If Hearts had voted the other ask, way... Craig, sorry to button, mate. Are you talking about when 81% on the Good Friday? Are you talking about Hearts voted that time? Or are you talking about... Uh, when was this vote that you were saying? The, the, the Good Friday one, the, the 81%. Well, Hearts voted against that. Yeah, vote, they voted against that, didn't they, Craig? So when are you saying that Hearts voted? Because, no, sorry, sorry let me clarify that. Because you're right, I've kind of... Yes, what I mean is um, they, they, they voted essentially to try and reconstruct the league thinking and assuming that that would be the case. Um, and Budge, certainly her position when the league season had ended um, and that vote had taken place had eased because they had been given the chance to potentially reconstruct the league. And I think if I was a Hearts fan... As much as I'd be annoyed with the SPFL, I'd also be annoyed with some of the decision-making that came for Anne Budge throughout the season because for a start, she should have sat Craig Levine earlier than she did. She just kept him on and on and on and on because they're pals. And every Hearts fan would tell you, and I'm, not, I'm not a Hearts fan, but I know from what I've seen that pretty much every Hearts fan would tell you that that was absolutely the wrong thing to do. They wanted him out months before. Uh, that might have changed things. It might not have changed things. But then I just think when you look at it, they weren't good enough in the field, and part of the reason for that is Anne Budge. The other thing that really disappointed me throughout this situation was Robbie Nielsen's behaviour. I understand why he left Dundee United and went to Hearts. I get that. I don't have a problem with that, and I understand his focus now has to be on Hearts. But the fact that the minute he went to Hearts, he was, in effect, so willing to throw the players who had backed him and who had worked so hard for him and the fans who had supported him under the bus by basically saying... His belief the minute he went to Hearts was that Hearts should stay up. He knew fine well that meant that Dundee United wouldn't get promoted. Now, I can't understand why he felt... I get back in his team, but he didn't, I don't think, have to come out and kind of well, you, you you know, raise, be the way you, he's been. Yeah, you, you raise a valid point, Craig. Um, but mm-hmm. when you go with a club and you're the new manager uh, and you have to assume responsibility for that club, then... Uh, not going to say he would try to ingratiate himself with the fans, but he looked at Hart's situation and said that from his perspective, Hart had been harshly treated. When Craig Gordon went from Celtic to Hart, he used his first press conference to say that 
hearts had been harshly treated. So they're getting on side with the fans. But that's another issue. If I was trying to summarise all of this, four months of turmoil and disharmony, the clubs voted to call the league early. They realised that they, it was not possible to take a gamble on when they could get back to playing football and how it would impact upon the new Sky contract starting August 1st. The clubs voted to call the league early. Then the clubs were asked to vote on reconstruction, which would effectively save Hearts, Partick Thistle and Stromrah. Mm. The clubs decided against. Now, the SPFL, the clubs, they submitted themselves to the scrutiny of the courts. The Court of Session in Edinburgh said, no, we don't have the power. The arbitration panel must decide in this matter. Today, the arbitration panel, legal men, have decided there was no wrongdoing, nothing untoward, and that they are powerless to prevent the relegation of Hearts, Partick Thistle and Strenrar. Yeah, well, listen, I think uh, he, he makes a very valid point as well in terms of the the way that Hearts have gone about their business on the park. I think, you know, they have to reflect on that as well, Gordon, because it's been a shambles, four wins. And when you consider it's reported to be the third largest budget, there has to be a uh, culpability for that as well. So they've made mistakes on there. They have to move on, draw a line under it because, you know, we've exhausted this mm. throughout the summer. And for the greater good, we need to move on. We still don't have a sponsor. You know, we need to try and chase that as well. Um, a Twitter account by the name of Celebrities with Fish Fingers <laughs> I don't know either Has tweeted in to say The SPFL now stands for the Self-Preservation Football League Every club out for themselves And no one else The game will never prosper And There, there might be elements of truth there Hugh, With the, the, the structure Maybe, maybe that's yeah. what, what has to be looked at going forward But I just feel like over the last few months Having been in the show and taken the calls And read all the tweets th- This is what we do We're always looking for Someone to blame Specifically One person oh. Because it makes it easier for us But actually This has just been a web Of really difficult circumstances You're looking for something to blame First and foremost Blame the pandemic First of all yeah, of course, It's been yeah. the main factor In all of this Absolutely But, but then You know it, it was about Neil Doncaster Partly could he have done things differently He would obviously Defend himself And say he's acting On behalf of the club So what about the other clubs How much blame Do they take For voting for that um, proposal on Good Friday Then there's the chance to Rectify it If you can call it that By reconstructing Keep Harps and Keep Harps and Partick Thistle up But the clubs didn't want that And it now seems like People are a little bit caught Because Neil Doncaster Largely has been vindicated today yeah. As have those who run the SPFL So I feel like the scattergun's still out Do, Who are we blaming here? Are we, are we blaming Everyone, really is, is everyone still getting it in the neck? In terms of self-interest It has always been this way uh, Clubs always act out of self-interest And post-pandemic That will get much, much worse Because clubs fear going out of business We all fear Or we should fear The prospect of uh, A second phase of coronavirus In the winter time yeah. Heaven forbid But if it came along It would be Disastrous for Scottish football So self-interest And the need to Self-preserve Will be at the forefront For Scottish football For all time Hugh, on the back of you quietly Because I know we're running out of time oh, it, What you actually said there In terms of potentially A second outbreak of COVID During oh. the winter months And we don't know What the ramifications Of the scale of that would be 
would it not be uh, an ideal situation to actually put the parameters of where we are within? A, well, I think there was a decision last week, wasn't there, to not allow the SPFL board to make the decision. No, but what but I'm saying is, I mean, put things in place now. Yeah. Put things in place, but then certain amount of games and things, so we don't have this kind of situation yeah. further but down the line. Let's really, really all come together and hope that uh, that is not the well, case. The, not the just SPFL for football. SPFL said, "Look, can we have the power to to call it again?" And the clubs have said, "No." So now we have to come up with something that that does Some please the majority yeah. of, of the clubs. That's for another day. Indeed. Let's leave it there for tonight. Thank you to Craig in Cumbernauld. 01419511025. He didn't get through tonight. Jot it down. Give us a call. We are back for the full two hours from now until. Well, it's usually me. Um, yes. let, let's hope it's me. Let's hope nothing gets in the way of that. So jot the number down. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. And we will be back tomorrow Bit of work though for Hugh and Alex to do before we leave Martin Burns in touch tonight On the full time teaser He says And by the way there was a wee bonus one But left him out He says apart from Tom Maley Question mark uh, Which 10 English players have scored for Celtic In an old firm derby You've got Paul Elliott Gary Hooper Lee Naylor Andy Payton Scott Sinclair Chris Sutton And Alan Thompson Which means three to get Tommy Johnson No Oh Guppy No Oh Guesses though No <laughs> I'm knackered now Because I thought That was a stick on No Any more from you Hugh Keevans uh, Our colleague Stephen Mill Has the one that you're Looking for I must say He's been in touch Yeah but he never Got the rest did he No he didn't <laughs> I must say. No he didn't You're right No we need uh, I think we need a, a clue or two Hugh Okay mm. one of them Went on to become Celtic manager John Barnes Nope When did he play For Celtic Oh here when did Tony Mowbray <laughs> Yes Tony Mowbray Another okay. one went on to manage another big club in Scotland, but not Celtic. Alan Stubbs. Yes. Stubbsy. And the last one was at Celtic 92 to 93, so it wasn't there very long. Um, what other club would you know him for? West Ham, Ipswich. Ipswich would have been um, 92 to 93, Ipswich. Went to Ipswich after yeah. Celtic, so 93 to 96. Had to play against them. Um, yeah, probably. I'll give you his initials yeah. I really feel like I'm back If I give initials as a clue yeah, For the yeah, full time yeah, teaser SS Stuart Sinclair uh, Nope no. Slater Stuart Slater yes. Look at that See that teamwork Keevens to the byline Squares it across Ray taps in and takes all the glory That yeah, sounds about like right Lamala today yeah. Stuart Slater well done, full time at Clyde1.com to contribute the questions for the rest of the season. We are back tomorrow, 6 o'clock, building up to the league kicking off, the top flight kicking off on Saturday. It should be some week. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here. We'd love for you to join us tomorrow. Callum Gallagher is up next.